Hey friends, if you struggle to find time to read the Bible, or maybe like me, you do devotions in the morning, but then you could use a little more scripture in your day, I want to make sure you know about the Dwell Bible app. What makes Dwell so special is that they read the Bible to you, and you can choose from all different books of the Bible, different plans. They even have Dwell Daily, which is a daily devotional. And what really sets Dwell apart is that they have a variety of voices. You can have read the Bible to you. Over time, I've listened to Rosie the most. She is soft and relaxed and makes you feel like you're sitting by a fireside being read to. I also love Amber's voice. It's comforting and eloquent. So good. And then you can also choose what you want in the background, whether it's music or white noise. I love hearing the piano being played while I listen to the Bible being read to me. Pretty special. Dwell has something for everyone, men, women, and even children. So go over to dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson for your 25% discount. I know you're going to love it, so check it out. Let me know what you think. Christian Parenting Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting and hosted by my mom, Monica Swanson. On the Boy Mom Podcast, it is our goal to provide you with practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can find show notes for the podcast over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. We're so glad you're here. kids who are really bright, really conscientious, mm-hmm. try hard. So yep. it it is very much about their temperament and we're mm-hmm. not going to change a child's temperament. No. And no. so the child often who's anxious about something bad happening to a parent in first grade is then anxious about throwing up at school in fifth grade. And sure. then it shifts again. And so grades or when, whatever else. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so when they start to recognize it by a name like worry monster or worry mm-hmm. in general, then when your child comes to you and says, hey, I can't stop thinking about that I'm going to fail this test. Mm-hmm. Then as a parent, you can say, you know what? It sounds like the worry monster's back to me. Hey guys, so there is no doubt that we are all going through a crazy season, and I planned this episode especially in response to a lot of messages I've received from listeners saying that their kids are going through really challenging times. They might be naturally worriers, they might have a more anxious disposition, but this time of pandemic has set a lot of kids into a a place of higher anxiety, of more stress and more worry, and I know that parents want to help them through this. So I reached out to someone I have so much respect for, Sissy Goff. Sissy is someone I've followed for years. I've read most of her books, and I was so happy that she could join us. Now, Sissy is the Director of Child and Adolescent Counseling at Daystar Counseling Ministries in Nashville, Tennessee, but she's also a sought-after speaker. You've probably heard her or seen her somewhere, and she's authored many books. Now, she specializes in counseling girls, but she's also teamed up with uh, David Thomas to co-author books for boys and girls, and I just think she has so much wisdom 
wisdom and encouragement for us. So in today's conversation, we cover some practical tips, and I'm going to try to outline some of those in the show notes. So you can grab those there if you don't have pen and paper with you. Um, I'm also going to link to her books and anything that we talk about in the show notes. So be sure to visit monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. And this is episode number 72. Now, before I dive into this conversation, I did want to give you a quick heads up with some good news that in just a couple weeks, we're going to open the doors to the official fall launch of my character training course. And I know some of you were able to get into the beta group in July when I first opened the course doors, but it was limited in number. And since that time, I have gone in, added a whole nother module, which drum roll please, is a module for parents of younger kids. So the early years are going to be covered as well as the teen and tween years, which I know so many of you were hoping for. And there's also more expert interviews and more good stuff added. So if you want to be first to know when those doors open, please leave your name and email address at monicaswanson.com forward slash character dash course. Now I'll make another announcement next week, but just wanted to make sure you didn't miss it because I know some of you are really bummed to not get in on the summer beta group. So I'm really excited about the character training course for this fall. Okay, guys, thank you again for being a part of this podcast community. Thank you for your ratings and reviews, and thank you for sharing the word about this podcast. It means so much to me. And now, without further ado, I get to share this special conversation with Sissy Goff. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Sissy, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it is such an honor. I, after following you and reading so many of your books these past few years, it's just a true honor to have you on to join us to talk about this important topic. So before we dive in, can you tell my listeners a little bit about you and the work you do and your books and all the rest? Yes, I am in Nashville, Tennessee, where I have been counseling mostly girls. So, you know, mm -hmm. we're, I'll talk about boys too, for sure. But I've been mm -hmm. counseling girls and families now for close to 30 years. Ooh. And I do that at a pretty amazing place called Daystar Counseling Ministries, where we are housed in a little yellow house with a white picket fence. And we have dogs on staff. And Currently, I think we have On 17. Staff. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So my dog goes to work with me every day, which is so fun. And um, oh. currently have about 1,700 families that are coming today start for counseling. And what? So, yes. And so out of that work, I have had the honor of getting to write some and speak and do things like that. I have a podcast myself. And so that's been really fun. Mm, amazing. And we'll link to all the places people can find you. And that little yellow house, like that's a lot of people. It looks so just cute and cozy, but wow, you must be busy. Well, we are busy. And yes, and now obviously in kind of funny ways of some virtual, some non-virtual figuring it all out. Sure. Wow. I bet that's, that's complicated for everyone right now. Okay. I'll be linking to some of my favorite books because you've written books along with David Thomas, right? About yeah. um, raising kids. And so you cover boys and girls in those. And then more recently, I've just really enjoyed reading your book, Raising Worry-Free Girls, which is for parents, and then Braver, Stronger, Smarter, which is a girl's guide to overcoming worry and anxiety. And I just personally got so much out of reading both of these. So I'm, so I'm going to definitely recommend them to everyone listening. I know a lot of my listeners have girls and boys. Well, and and, uh, and yeah. David that you mentioned, he does what I do with boys at Daystar. Mm -hmm. He's kind of the male counterpart. And he would say, 
raising worry-free girls really ought to be raising worry-free kids because the same mm-hmm. ideas apply for both. I mean, they're not yes. gender specific. So, and yes. I have had so many parents read it and say, I picked it up for my child and wow, didn't realize I had anxiety myself. So totally, totally. we all probably have a smidge, especially oh, yes. now. Exactly. Yes. And as I read it too, I was like, wow, I I look back now on my own childhood and I was like, I was a worrier. I think mm-hmm. that this, this stuff, I mean, I don't think I had a chronic issue, but I definitely, in fact, you mentioned many times throughout the book, stomach issues. Yeah. And not that it's a laughing matter, but I was kind of giggling at myself because around seventh grade, I went through a year where I was constantly at the doctor's office, in the nurse's office at school, going home early for stomach mm, issues, which yeah. we never, we never diagnosed. And I'm looking Looking back, going and actually, you even mentioned that the worry of throwing up at school. I just have to say this because I now believe, looking back, that I had seen a kid throw up in third grade, and and after that, I developed such a phobia of getting sick. And at that's school. exactly it, Monica. You mm-hmm. named it. That's what happens mm-hmm. with kids. It's one random thing like that that mm-hmm. spins them off, and they yes. get attached. That's exactly. Yes. Oh, there's so much. So I'm going to highly recommend those books, whether you have girls or boys. I just think there's so much insight and I'm going to be mentioning things I got out of those as we chat. But we are talking to each other now in a time where even people who didn't have anxiety before, I think, are starting to wrestle with some anxiety. Stress is everywhere on the streets, in our homes. um, And Uh, I just am so thankful that you would join us to kind of talk about this. I hear from a lot of uh, podcast listeners, blog readers who are really kind of not sure what to do because their kids are starting to act out in different ways, everything from, you know, Mm five-year-olds through teenagers. So I appreciate uh, you shedding some light on this and maybe helping walk us through. Um, Tell us what's different right now and maybe in your practice and in what you're seeing, what's different in the world than what was happening a year ago? Well, you know, it's interesting because like I said, I've been doing this a lot of years and just in the last pre-pandemic in the last five years, things had changed so much where we were Mm. now looking at anxiety being a childhood epidemic in America with one in four kids, girls are twice as likely to deal with it. And the average age of onset had been eight and then dropped to six. And, Mm. and that was before any of this happened. And so now we're definitely seeing the rates go up. The The most recent data that I read talks specifically about adolescents, and it was talking about one in three. And mm. so it's just so prevalent. And obviously mm. now, I mean, so I came up with this definition of anxiety in the book that anxiety is an overestimation of the problem and an mm. underestimation of themselves, which... Wow. You know, when we're talking about throwing up at school or we're talking about something bad happening to your mom or dad, it's easy to talk yourself out of, you know, to kind of reason with what's going on in terms of your fear then. But now we're talking about this pandemic Mm -hmm. and kids who are, you know, the kids that I talked to that already struggled with anxiety. Now it has morphed over into that. And it's, will my grandmother get sick? Will I get sick? And now, of course, going back to school, if kids are, am I going to get it there? Or if I'm Mm -hmm. not going back to school, am I going to lose friends? What's that going to be like? Am I going to fall behind? You know, all of those things. I think we've just basically taken the, you know, honestly, I feel like there were probably 10 top things that kids worry about that I saw in my office. And now it's, we've expanded the numbers to be a whole lot more. Yes. Yes. Wow. That is fascinating. I think you're probably 
yeah, working through a time where you're seeing huge changes. And, and I think too, that it's hard to explain something that we've never seen before. So for those of us as parents who want to assure our kids, I think there's a challenge there as well. Is that something you're seeing? Yes, absolutely. And one of the biggest challenges that I'm seeing with parents, I mean, traditionally, well, this is an interesting fact about all of this. So the publisher, so David and then our boss and dear friend, Melissa and I had written a book called Are My Kids on Track? And mm-hmm. I wrote this little portion about anxiety and kids. And the publisher came to me and said, hey, would you write a book for girls? And I said, "Not no, unless you'll <laughs> let me write one for parents. Because yes. if a parent has anxiety, a child mm-hmm. is seven times more likely to have it themselves. Yes. And so mm-hmm. there's this trickle down phenomenon and they absorb any anxiety that we're feeling. And so the problem in that, again, is I think we're more anxious. We were already anxious moving into the pandemic, but now there's this spillover of mm-hmm. we don't know what's coming either. And and kids just are like little sponges. So whether we're anxious or even if we're mad, if we're frustrated mm-hmm. about how things are being handled, they're absorbing every bit of that. And then I think emotionally, they kind of wear outside of themselves what we do a better job, probably to our mm. detriment of stuffing. Oh, 100%. I, I loved that I that you talked about modeling in your book, because it's something I talk about in general for my mm. character training course. I talk about, you know, modeling character. I just think it's such an important thing for parents to be aware of. But I think more than ever right now, parents are, you know, maybe grumbling about the situation or yeah. on the phone venting to a friend or just carrying that anxiety that they maybe aren't able to hide so well anymore. And I think kids are picking up on that. What do you have advice? for parents? How, how can they, yeah. if they truly are anxious, if the parents are truly yeah. stressed, maybe financially stressed or trying to figure out the school situation, do you have any advice for how they can deal with that so as not to make things even harder on their kids? You know, I mean, I think the biggest thing is just processing it, that we are talking about it in the Are My Kids on Track book. We talk about four emotional and four social and four spiritual milestones. And the mm-hmm. first milestone of any is emotional vocabulary. And so we're doing a lot of telling parents to get a feelings chart and pass it around the dinner table and everybody needs to be naming feelings. Now, that to say, you don't want to really process your anxiety in front of them. Mm -hmm. But I think that's that part of modeling that you talked about, of naming it and then doing the same things. And we could talk about even like my top three things that I would tell a child if they were dealing with anxiety would be the top three things I would say to a parent too. Oh, parents well, can, need to be yeah, can you tell us these? Yeah. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> okay. So we can jump in. So, okay. First thing about anxiety, and, and you probably know this already, but anxiety starts really in our brains and it starts in milliseconds. What happens is mm. that, you know, when you and I are sitting here having a conversation, we have blood flowing all throughout our brain, including getting to our prefrontal cortex, which mm-hmm. helps us think rationally and manage our emotions. Mm-hmm. When we get anxious, when something comes within, again, fractions of a second, the blood flow in our brain shifts away from the prefrontal cortex and to the amygdala. And the mm-hmm. amygdala is the fight or flight region of our brain. And mm-hmm. so when I talk to parents who have anxious kids, they'll say things like, they're like a crazy person. I can't talk them out mm-hmm. of it when they get to that place. And it often looks like anger because they just yep. lost control and it's fight or flight. Well, that's exactly right. They can't reason when they're in that Mm. place until we can calm their body down. They can't even do that. And so for grownups, it's the same. I mean, we've got to calm our bodies back down, 
to even get to a place where we can talk ourselves out of it. And so the, my favorite way to do it is to, so you can do this with me. So I have kids put their hand on their leg yeah, and then with their finger, draw a square on their leg. And of course, kids want to draw different things. And by the way, since we're talking about boys too, this is what the Navy SEALs use and they call it combat breathing. And so that makes it sound a little tougher, you know, Awesome. better plan for boys. Yeah. So combat breathing. So what you do is you're going to draw the square and with each line of the square, you're going to breathe a different way and you're going to pause for three seconds in each corner. So like, Okay. okay. and 20 seconds of that only resets the brain and resets the amygdala. And so that's going to help us be able to calm back down. So doing that away from kids and doing it in front of kids and doing it with kids is going to help that same modeling we're talking about. So that's my first thing always. The second thing, thank you, is what we would call a grounding technique because the way that I describe anxiety with kids is it's like the one loop roller coaster at the fair and there's mm-hmm. something they get stuck in their heads and they can't get mm-hmm. out of it. So like yes. you oh. were doing growing up at school. Now they're doing, am I going to get COVID? Am I going to get COVID? You know, right. whatever it is. And they start to loop. And so mm-hmm. the breathing enables them to get out of the loop. But then we want to direct their thoughts to something that's going to pull them out of it. So mm-hmm. basically anything that involves the senses is what we would call grounding. And grounding is a cognitive behavioral therapy technique. And so like my favorite one is five, four, three, two, one. So basically they would, you would sit with your child or you can do this yourself if you're getting anxious and you would pick five things you see, four things you hear, three things you feel, two things you smell and one thing you taste. And I always get it mixed up. You can go in any kind of order, but (laughs) sure. Something like that, that involves the senses, which is why I like the square breathing because drawing on your leg is actually a grounding technique too. Or I'll have kids do math problems, you know, count backwards from a hundred. If they're teenagers, I'll have them count backwards by sevens because that's a little more complicated. Or another great one is memorizing scripture and going back to, especially if it's something about worry, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we say it Mm -hmm. over and over and that has a calming. So we start with So the idea here is, is with the grounding technique, you're just getting the mind focused on something else. Is that kind of the idea here? Okay. So good. Yeah. So breathing, grounding. And then the third thing would be, we could call it bossing back or bullying back, you know, would be better for boys, but we're, we, I have kids name their worry. So literally give it a name. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Is this the worry monster? Yes. Um, And I actually just finished writing a book for high school girls. And in that one, I called it the worry whisperer because that's what it feels like, you know, comes in and whispers to us or I have kids who come up with their own names and I had one girl who named hers Bob no idea why but you know whatever they want to name it totally yes and so then what happens is they can say Bob I'm not listening to you you're not the boss of me you don't have any control over me and you're wrong you know nothing bad's gonna happen to my parents I've been wearing my mask I've been socially distancing and washing my hands I'm safe I don't have to worry about this right now and we yes. teach them that they're stronger than that fear, that their voice is stronger than the worry monster's voice. 
Okay, that is so good. And I'm thinking, and I'm not, I'm not the psychologist here. I'm not, <laughs> but I'm thinking that this gives them something tangible because it's yeah. otherwise such just a cloud that hangs over their head. But if they're able to name it and speak to it, and but yes. being able to name it must help kids feel like they have more control over it. Is that right? Absolutely. Which is one of the things we want them to have. And the the hard thing about anxiety is. The reason I called the little girl's book Braver, Stronger, Smarter is it really does follow along a profile, which Monica, this speaks highly of you that you struggled with it when you were younger, but <laughs> it's always kids who are really bright, really conscientious, mm-hmm. try hard. So yep. it it is very much about their temperament and we're mm-hmm. not going to change a child's temperament. No, And no. so the child often who's anxious about something bad happening to a parent in first grade is then anxious about throwing up at school in fifth grade. And then it shifts again. And so grades or whatever else. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so when they start to recognize it by a name like worry monster or worry Mm -hmm. in general, then when your child comes to you and says, Hey, I can't stop thinking about that. I'm going to fail this test. Mm -hmm. Then as a parent, you can say, you know what? It sounds like the worry monsters back to me. Mm, Yep. Because when we go down the path with them, it doesn't help because it's never about that thing. It's about the fact that their brain has been hijacked by the worry monster. Hey friends, I hope you're enjoying this conversation and there's a whole bunch more to come, but I want to pause real quick to thank this episode's sponsor, which is Prep Dish. Now we are living in a time like no other, and we're getting a lot less time to ourselves than most of us are used to. And I think it is more important than ever that we are proactive, that we are planning ahead so that we can have the peace of mind we need to function well and to serve our people well. And one way I am doing this is by doing some meal planning, which I've never done before, but oh, what a difference it makes. So Prep Dish is a meal planning service. They send you an email once a week with a grocery list and prep ahead instructions so all your meals can be ready for you that week. Now, all the meals I've tried have been wonderful. They have gluten-free options, keto, paleo, Uh, really a good variety of recipes and my family has really enjoyed everything I've made. So guys, if you want to simplify your life and have some fun with new recipes, I highly recommend you check out Prep Dish. Now you can get a two-week free trial if you go to prepdish.com forward slash boy mom. Of course, there'll be links in show notes as well, but again, it is prepdish.com forward slash boy mom for your two week free trial. And if you try it, let me know what you think. I've really been excited to hear from people who have just started trying it this summer and are loving it. So stay in touch with me and now we'll get back to our show. Oh, this is so helpful. I I wish that you were around when I was a kid. (laughs) This really, no, it's so helpful. And yeah, I think just using that vocabulary, like you said, gives them just the words to use to name it. And again, it just helps them feel like they have more control over what to do, you know, rather than just feel like a victim to this heavy thing that's hanging over them. They can start to use the words. Oh, that is, that is super helpful. And so parents, and I kind of pulled you off track by telling you to walk through these three things, but you're saying parents modeling, Absolutely. modeling using that language. Yes. And, and my and, worry monster's been talking to me and he's mm-hmm. telling me whatever. And I told him he's not right. Yeah, that oh. kids hear us say those things. And I think parents, especially now, need to be practicing a lot of self-care, exercising, yeah. eating right, mm-hmm. doing things that are fun, that give back yes. to you, spiritually receiving. All of those things are so important right now. 
So important. I love that. And I think for those that are frustrated or stressed, being able to say that, but then to say, you know, but I'm putting my trust in God. God's bigger than all of this because we don't want to be phonies. We want to be authentic, but we also want to point our kids to what to do when you're feeling stressed. So no, I think, I think that's excellent. And I loved, I had written down the worry monster because I thought that was so helpful to kind of name it. And, you know, I don't go, my family doesn't go deep into the Enneagram, but I do mm-hmm. find that personality tests of all kinds are super helpful. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's one thing too. And you just recognize that certain kids, like you said, have that temperament. And, you know, my 10 year old, I've heard him say, well, mom, I'm just a six. And so this is, this is uh, so he's going to worry a little bit. Yeah. Yes, he, yes, it's, yes. So I'm like, oh, I love that he, I'm like, okay, we're not going to use that as an out. Like, we're not, (laughs) (laughs) but we also can acknowledge that you're right, buddy. You are wired a certain way. So now, what are we going to do with that? How can we walk through it the healthiest way possible? So I think you just kind of nailed something about the physical part, about when the brain goes to that place and it's all going on in the amygdala and kids are out of control. Because one of the questions I got from a Facebook um, comment, was about a five-year-old who since the quarantine, since the, you know, they've been mostly at home doing distance learning. Um, her five-year-old son has really been acting out and it often gets physical that he throws yeah. these fits, that he's wants to hurt himself, that he's hitting his mom or his siblings. Mm-hmm. And that that's new since this. Now, I mean, some of that could be a five-year-old thing. It may right. not be completely related, but um, do you have any advice for this mom, what she can do? And I guess you already said the calming technique I think is probably amazing and and all we need, but can you confirm maybe that that could be something new because of the out of control feeling? Absolutely. I think it could. And yes, I think breathing can be really helpful, but for some kids, if you were to say, Hey buddy, let's take three deep breaths together. They would say, what? (laughs) You know, that Uh would not work in the moment. And so for those kids, having them start by moving, I mean, mm-hmm. that child, and, and I think when they're doing distance learning, they're sedentary sometimes in a way that they're not as much. And mm-hmm. so having him, if you have stairs in your house, run up and down the stairs, or I always think a great investment is a little mini trampoline 100%. to have him bounce, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, anything to get him moving is going to be a release of some of that aggression. And then I would say, Absolutely. Having him practice breathing. And I think at that age, he's not going to, I mean, it's really quite a bit older that kids decide they want to work hard to fight the worry and to regulate Mm -hmm. their emotions. And so I think for him, anytime she could get him to move on his own or breathe on his own, Mm -hmm. I think it'd be great for him to earn some kind of token and Mm -hmm. work towards a reward where she's teaching him some self-regulation skills that way. I love that. But I would recommend the Are My Kids on Track book Mm -hmm. for her, for sure. I think it could be helpful because we have a whole chapter about teaching kids to regulate their emotions. So good. Yes, I read that and I love that. So, um, and, And this same mom and actually another mom chimed in on the comment and said that she was dealing with the similar things with her six and eight year olds. But um, the mom related this to to just loneliness and said that her mm-hmm. son was talking about his fear that nobody loves him or that he won't have any friends anymore. And I guess for a child who's used to maybe going to preschool, being around kids all day long, and now suddenly, especially if it's an only child, just sitting at home with a mom or a mom and dad. Exactly. Um, any any words of wisdom for just assuring kids that this, you know, I what 
what I tell my older kids is, buddy, the good news is everyone's in the same boat. You you know, you can't really have FOMO right now because (laughs) there's not a whole lot going on that you're missing out on. Right, exactly. Yeah, but for a five-year-old, that's confusing. Yeah, he's not going to be able to reason in that way. And so I think anything parents can do right now, kind of dependent on what their situation is, but I think anytime we can be creating play dates for them, either safely socially distanced or even over Zoom. I mean, mm-hmm. we ran our little summer programs, part of our summer over Zoom, and we were very structured, but there would be these 10 minute windows where the kids would connect with each other that we weren't mm-hmm. directing the conversation. And they were so silly and had yep. a ball. And yes. so I think just to give them some time like that, and you can help them even, you know, if they're intimidated by that, like there are things like you can play hide and seek over Zoom. That's really fun. Our kids love that this oh, summer. Um yeah, they hide in their room. Um, but I think that's I'm trying to picture how you do that. Uh, yeah. You set up the <laughs> tell camera me how that works. and they just hide somewhere inside, but where <laughs> it's kind of inside, kind of not, you know, because they're still oh, hidden. That's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. Um, but then I think too, if they're old enough to write letters or mm-hmm. send postcards or something, I mean, just anything we can do to be engaging yeah. with them or get the other parent to get on Marco Polo or something where they can mm-hmm. send video messages back and forth. Yes. But oh, something that's... where we're giving them opportunities to connect. No, I love that. And and I one thing I try to do and always encourage moms to do is, you know, to read stories that that kind of help kids get lost in another land, in another yes. um, world and just help them cuz I think even that a book can be like a good friend, right? So, so true. Yes. Use stories and um and I guess we need to just do a quick touch on technology here and moms who are realizing that maybe they thought this was going to be a short-term thing, this whole, (laughs) (laughs) and so they opened some doors to extra time on technology and they've found that they don't like who their kid is becoming. Do you have any, any advice? And maybe just tell us a little bit about what's going on with a kid's brain when they're using technology you know, extensively. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the first thing, honestly, I would say in that is just give yourself grace because I Mm -hmm. think every parent on the planet did that. And now it's so easy to beat yourself up over it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's just, hopefully this is still a season and we're going to have a window (laughs) and their brains are not going to be irreparably damaged. Although we do want to have, you know, safe boundaries around it. But Mm -hmm. I think to give yourself some room in that and Mm. to know that um, that technology does impact their brains and it impacts their levels of anxiety, definitely. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there's there's really an inverse relationship between what studies say about kids happiness and levels of contentment Mm -hmm. and how much they actually use screens. And so. We do want to limit as much as we possibly can because it creates, I mean, when they're looking at a screen, not for learning. So this mm-hmm. is not a concern with learning because that's that's right. passive versus active consuming. But but when we're doing that, our brains are being bombarded and overstimulated in a way that mm-hmm. likens it to anxiety. And so mm-hmm. it's hard for them to calm their brains back down. Yep. So it is oh. really important for us to limit oh, when and where so- we can. Yes, yes. And this is something I talk about a lot and and have written about myself. But um, to the parent who has done that, um, 
any advice on how they might step back and maybe maybe tighten the reins a little bit? How can they approach that without too much backlash from the I kids? know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's going to be hard. I mean, I, one thing I would say is if they had total free reign, then I would step it back kind of gradually. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think it's always appropriate to say to a child, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And I think that's mm. a place to do it. Like, I'm sorry, I let you have too much of this. And, and we need to grow different areas of your brain right mm. now. And so let's come up with some things because you could even kind of explain the whole, you know, what's fired together, sure. wires together with a brain. Yes. And it's like, yes. whatever we whatever we tend to more is what grows. And so mm -hmm. let's talk about some things you want to see grow in your brain and let's do sports and let's do, I mean, I think I would come up with maybe a grid of different things they could be doing to achieve more balance. And then I would go back to maybe a reward system. So yeah. when they are doing those things, and I think anytime kids get off technology without complaining, without pushing back, that can oh. be a token too. And it's such a beautiful moment. When oh, I gosh, see my kid absolutely. just set his iPad down. I'm like, oh, that was amazing. <laughs> yes, yes. And I think anytime you're using a token system, it's great to have the kids agree to the rewards too. So y'all oh, pick I together. Like yeah, things they trade in for 10 tokens and 50 tokens and 100 tokens. And so I think there's a little more buy-in that way. That is so good. Yes. And I've, I've shared before on other topics that one thing I personally use is the whole under new management line yeah. where I just say, you know what, uh, we're, uh, you know, stores do this, restaurants do this. There's kind of, imagine there's a sign hanging over our house right now and it just says under new management, we're going to, we're going to awesome. make some changes and I'm sorry, it's going to be hard for a while, but mom and dad have probably let a few things go that we shouldn't. So we're going to tighten the reins here. And they seem to understand that a little bit, or at least it helps me, you know, make changes and stick with them because I'm telling myself that's okay to do. I love that idea. That's wonderful. Uh, well, okay. So before we wrap up, there's just so much good stuff. And again, I'm going to point people to your books, but any other just general wisdom for getting through this, if we're looking at a full, you know, potentially the whole first semester of school, I guess we'd call it up until the holidays, there's a good chance most of our kids are going to be doing distance learning or maybe yeah. a, a combination any advice for helping those kids that seem extra stressed out and anxious right now? You know, I think helping them have a sense of balance would be one that they mm -hmm. need to be doing. I mean, they need to be outside and they need to be taking care yes. of themselves. And, and there was really honestly to be counseling during the spring, it was this really sweet window to watch what was going on with kids because Kids of all ages were talking about how much time, how much they love the extra time with their family mm, and yep. how they discovered these things about themselves that they didn't know. Mm, and, yeah. and to talk to parents now, it's like there's this heightened sense of anxiety because it's not only, okay, we're stuck at home again, or we're kind of, we're more stuck at home, stuck at home. Mm -hmm. And we still have to do all the things that we weren't doing in the spring or a lot of the things. And we've got to figure out how to compensate for other things. It just... The more yeah. I talk to parents, like we talk about, the more I hear this panic. And I think mm -hmm. I keep trying to communicate to parents, kids are resilient. Yes. They're going to get through this season. Yes. And so as much as we can move back towards what do we want to carry over from last spring? Like, how can we still really enjoy them and connect with them and be playing games and not get caught back up in the rat race that we were living in before? Yeah. I think it's yeah. really important. 
Mm, I love that. And you, you talk in your book too about gratitude. And I think that's super important is to help direct ourselves and our kids to like, let's write down, you know, a a list of ways that this has been helpful and good. and, And we've benefited from this time. Let's focus on that. And not so much on all the negatives, because I think whatever we focus on will just become bigger and bigger, right? (laughs) So true. Yes, exactly. This is such good stuff. And I just love all of your, you know, really practical ways of helping kids deal with worry and stress. I just think it's important that parents are really tuned in and don't just brush it off. I, I just appreciate so much how you just honor the kids in that way. You know, I love your heart for these girls that you work with. And and I think that the boys too, just, it's so important that they have permission to feel and to understand their feelings and to walk through it in a healthy way. Thank you, Monica. Well, I think we're very like-minded in that. Mm, for sure. Well, um, I'll be linking to everything. If you want to just tell people right now, though, if they want to hop online or on their phones and find you, where can people find and follow you? So we have a website that's RaisingBoysAndGirls.com. And then I'm on Instagram, just my name, Sissy Goff. And then we have another Raising Boys and Girls and try to put, we just try to get out as much helpful information on social media as we possibly can, especially Mm -hmm. during this season. Awesome. Okay. Well, I'll also link to that in show notes and all of your books as well. But thank you, Sissy, so much for your time. What an encouragement you you are. Wow. You too. All right. We'll hope to have you back on for more topics. Sounds great. All right. Thanks so much. Aloha. Okay, friends, I hope you just got a lot of encouragement out of that conversation. And if you have a little one who struggles with worry, anxiety, stress, I think you're going to find a lot of hope and help in Sissy's books. So I'll be sure to link to those in show notes. I'm also going to be summarizing some of the things we talked about in the show notes. So be sure to visit over there. Now, before I sign off, I just want to remind you one more time that in just a couple weeks, I will be opening the doors to the character training course, which is now for parents of kids of all ages. Woohoo! I'm so excited to share it with you. I've gotten such great feedback from people in the beta group, and I just can't be more excited for getting to open it up to everyone this fall. So if you want to leave your name on the list to be first to hear when the doors open, please go over to monicaswanson.com forward slash character dash course, and you'll be first to know when the doors open. Okay, guys, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing this podcast with your friends. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha. Aloha.